Section fifty five of Up One Pair of Stairs of My Bookhouse. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Grace Garrett. Up One Pair of Stairs of My Bookhouse. Edited by Olive Beaupre Miller. Christening the Baby in Russia by Arthur Ransom. Somewhere in the forest of great trees, a forest so big that the forests of England are little woods beside it, is the hut where old Peter lives. The hut was made of pine logs cut from the forest. You could see the marks of the axe. Old Peter was the grandfather of Marussia and Vanya. He lived alone with them in the hut in the forest, and they were happy with old Peter, who was very kind to them, and did all he could to keep them warm and well fed. Besides old Peter and Marussia and Vanya, there were Vladimir and Bayan. Vladimir was a cat, a big black cat, as stately as an emperor, and just now he was lying in Vanya's arms fast asleep. Bayan was a dog, a tall grey wolf dog. He could jump over the table with a single bound. When he was in the hut he usually lay underneath the table, because that was the only place where he could lie without being in the way, and, of course, at mealtimes he was in the way even there. Just now he was out with old Peter. Vladimir stirred suddenly in Vanya's lap, and a minute later they heard the scrunch of boots. Then the door opened, and Bayan pushed his way in and shook himself, and licked Marussia and Vanya, and startled Vladimir, and lay down under the table, and came out again, because he was so pleased to be home. And old Peter came in after him. "'You are snug in here, little pigeons,' he said. Vanya and Marussia had jumped up to welcome him, and when he opened his big sheepskin coat, they tumbled into it together and clung to his belt. Then he closed the big woolly coat over the top of them, and they squealed, and he opened it a little way and looked down at them over his beard, and then he closed it again for a moment before letting them out. He did this every night, and Bayan always barked when they were shut up inside. Then old Peter took his big coat off and lifted down the samover from the shelf. The samover is like a big tea-urn, with a red-hot fire in the middle of it, keeping the water boiling. It hums like a bee on the tea-table, and the steam rises in a little jet from the tiny hole in the top. The boiling water comes out of a tap in the bottom. Old Peter threw in a lighted sticks and charcoal, and made a draught to draw the heat, and then set the samover on the table with a little fire crackling in its inside. Then he cut some big lumps of black bread. Then he took a great saucepan full of soup, that was simmering on the stove, and emptied it into a big wooden bowl. Then he went to the wall where, on three nails, hung three wooden spoons, deep like ladles. There were one big spoon, for old Peter, and two little spoons, one for Vanya and one for Marussia. And all the time that old Peter was getting supper ready, he was answering questions and making jokes, old ones, of course, that he made every day, about what the man in the moon said when he fell out, and what the wolf said who caught his own tail, and ate himself up before he found out his mistake. And Vanya and Marussia danced about the hut and chuckled. Then they had supper, all three dripping their wooden spoons in the big bowl together, and eating a tremendous lot of black bread. And, of course, there were scraps for Vladimir and a bone for Bayan. After that they had tea with sugar but no milk, because they were Russians and liked it that way. Old Peter had a sister who lived in the village not so very far from the forest, and she had a plump daughter, and the daughter was called Nastasia, and she was married to a handsome peasant called Sergei, 
who had three cows, a lot of pigs, and a flock of fat geese. And tonight old Peter said to the children, There's something new in the village. What sort of a something? asked Vanya. Alive, said old Peter. Is there a lot of it? asked Vanya. No, only one. Then it can't be pigs, said Vanya, in a melancholy voice. I thought it was pigs. Perhaps it is a little calf, said Marussia. I know what it is, said Vanya. Well, it's a foal. It's brown all over with white on its nose, and a lot of white hairs in its tail. No. What is it then, grandfather? I'll tell you, little pigeons. It's small and red, and it's got a bumpy head with hair on it like the fluff of a duckling. It has blue eyes and ten fingers to its forepaws, and ten toes to its hind feet. Five to each. It's a baby, said Marussia. Yes. Nastasia has got a little son. Aunt Sophia has got a grandson. And you have got a new cousin. And I have got a new grand-nephew. The children had jumped up as soon as they knew it was a baby. When is the christening? The day after tomorrow. Oh, grandfather! Well? Who is going to the christening? The baby, of course. Yes, but other people? All the village. And us? I have to go, and I suppose there will be room in the cart for two little bear cubs like you. And so it was settled that Vanya and Marussia were to go to the christening of their new cousin. All the next day they could think of nothing else, and early on the morning of the christening they were up and about, Marussia seeing that Vanya had on a clean shirt, and herself putting a green ribbon in her hair. The sun shone, and the leaves on the trees were all new and bright, and the sky was pale blue through the flickering green leaves. Old Peter was up early, too, harnessing the little yellow horse into the old cart. The cart was of rough wood, without springs, like a big box, fixed on a long larch poles between two pairs of wheels. The larch poles did instead of springs, bending and creaking as the cart moved over the forest track. The shafts came from the front wheels upwards to the horse's shoulders, and between the ends of them there was a tall, strong hoop of wood, called a duga, which rose high over the shoulders of the horse, above his collar, and had two little bells hanging from it at the top. The wooden hoop was painted green, with little red flowers. The harness was mostly ropes, but that did not matter so long as it held together. The horse had a long tail and mane, and looked as untidy as a little boy but he had a green ribbon in his forelock, in honour of the christening, and he could go like anything, and never got tired. When all was ready, old Peter arranged a lot of soft, fresh hay in the cart for the children to sit in. Hay is the best thing in the world to sit in when you drive in a jolting Russian cart. Old Peter put in a tremendous lot, so that the horse could eat some of it while waiting in the village, and yet leave them enough to make them comfortable on the journey back. Presently Vanya and Marussia were tucked into the hay, and old Peter climbed in with the plaited reins, and away they went along the narrow forest track, where the wheels followed the ruts and splashed through deep holes, for the spring was young, and the roads had not yet dried. Some of the deepest holes had a few pine branches laid in them, but that was the only road-mending that was ever done. Overhead were tall firs and silver birches with their little pale round leaves, and somewhere, not far away, a cuckoo was calling, while the murmur of the wild pigeons never stopped for a moment. They drove on and on through the forest, and at last came out from among the trees into an open country, 
a broad, flat plain stretching to the river. Far away they could see the big, square tail of a boat, swelling out of the light wind, and they knew that there was the river, on the banks of which stood the village. They could see a small clump of trees, and as they came nearer, the pale green cupolas of the white village church rising above the tops of the birches. They passed a little girl with a flock of geese, and another little girl lying in the grass, holding a long rope which was fastened to the horns of a brown cow. And the little girl lay on her face and slept among the flowers while the cow walked slowly round her, step by step, chewing the grass and thinking about nothing at all. And at last they came to the village, where the road was wider, and instead of one pair of ruts there were dozens, and the cart bumped worse than ever. The broad earthy road had no stones in it, and in places where the puddles would have been deeper than the axes of the wheels, it had been mended by laying down fir logs and small branches in the puddles, and putting a few spadefuls of earth on top of them. The road ran right through the village. On either side of it were little wooden huts. The ends of the timbers crossed outside at the four corners of the huts. They fitted neatly into each other, and some of them were carved. And there were no slates or tiles on the roofs, but little slips of wood overlapping each other. There was not a single stone hut or cottage in the village. Only the church was partly brick, whitewashed, with bright green cupolas up in the air, and thin gold crosses on the tops of the cupolas, shining in the clear sky. Outside the church were rows of short posts, with long fir timbers nailed on top of them, to which the country people tied their horses when they came to church. There were several carts there already, with bright-coloured rugs lying on the hay in them, and the horses were eating hay or biting the logs. Always, except when the logs were quite new, you can tell the favoured places for tying up the horses to them, because the timbers will have deep holes in them, where they have been gnawed away by the horse's teeth. They bite the timbers, while their masters eat sunflower seeds, not for food, but to pass the time. "'Now, then,' said old Peter, as he got down from the cart, tied the horse, gave him an armful of hay from the cart, and lifted the children out. "'Be quick. We shall be late if we don't take care. I believe we are late already.' Old Peter hurried into the church, followed by Vanya and Marussia. The ceremony was just beginning. The priest, in his silk robes, was standing before the gold and painted screen at the end of the church, and there were the basin of holy water, and old Peter's sister, and the nurse Bob Catania, very proud, holding the baby in a roll of white linen, and rocking it to and fro. There were coloured pictures of saints all over the screen, which stretches from one side of the church to the other. Some of the pictures were framed in gilt frames under glass, and were partly painted and partly metal. The faces and hands of the saints were painted, and their clothes were glittering silver or gold. Little lamps were burning in front of them, and candles. A Russian christening is very different from an English one. For one thing, the baby goes right into the water, not once, but three times. Babka Tanya unrolled the baby, and the priest covered its face with his hands, and down it went under the water, once, twice, and again. Then he took some of the sacred ointment on his finger, and anointed the baby's forehead, and feet, and hands, and little round stomach. Then, with a pair of scissors, he cut a little pinch of fluff from the baby's head, and rolled it into a pellet with the ointment, and threw the pellet into the holy water. 
and after that the baby was carried solemnly three times round the holy water. The priest blessed it and prayed for it, and there it was, a little true Russian, ready to be carried back to its mother, Natasya, who lay at home in her cottage waiting for it. When they got outside the church, they all went to Natasya's cottage to congratulate her on her baby. Natasya smiled at Vanya and Marusia, but they had no eyes except for the baby, and for all that belonged to it, especially its cradle. Now a Russian baby has a much finer cradle than an English baby. A long fur pole is fastened in the middle, and at one end to the beams in the ceiling of the hut, so that the other end swings free, just below the rafters. From this end is hung a big basket, and on the ropes by which the basket hangs are fastened shawls of bright colours. The baby is tucked in the basket, the shawls closed around it, and as the mother or the nurse sits at her spinning, she just kicks the basket gently now and again, and it swings up and down from the end of the pole, as if it were hung from the branch of a tree. There was a samovar already steaming in the cottage, and a great cake of pastry and cabbage and egg and fish, and there were cabbage soup with sour cream, and black bread and a little white bread, and red kiesel jelly, and a huge jug of milk, and everybody ate and drank and talked as if they were never going to stop. At last, towards evening, old Peter packed what was left of the hay into the cart, and packed Vanya and Marusia in with the hay. Everybody said good-byes all round, and Peter climbed in and took up the rope reins. Vanya and Marusia waved their heads, and off they drove, back again to the hut in the forest. End of section 55